Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. Pitchers and catchers have reported, and so have we. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Packed show today. The Yankees released their list of non-roster invitees and minor league signings, and a couple names showed up that had not previously inked contracts with the team, so we learned some information about new players. Welcome to the Yankees' Derek Dietrich, I guess. Also, the Brett Gardner situation has to come to a conclusion in the next couple of days before position players report. And it's not looking good if you're the kind of person who's invested in a reunion. Also, Jason Dominguez and Mike Trout are not similar, no matter what prospect evaluators will tell you, at least not yet. I'll flame that a little bit before we finish up this podcast. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question in that review, and we will be more than happy to take it to the streets, hit our typewriters up, and answer those questions for you. Uh, We love mailbags. Even as we begin spring training, Grapefruit League action, and regular season competition, Thomas Carinante, how are you? One of the best days of the baseball calendar, and I'm happy to spend it live on a podcast. It feels good. And looking at the Yankees Twitter account, we already got a nice little video of all the pitchers and catchers. We see uh, El Gary in there looking looking a little slim. Garrett Cole, usual goat status. And uh, Chapman's there too, looking just yoked out of his mind. So um, we're going to have this content hopefully come in, in droves over the next couple of days because we can't be more excited for baseball season. We know the Yankees are specifically excited uh, after all the moves they made. Um, but now that they're down in Florida... Uh, I think it's maybe they should be listening to this manscaped ad because the weather's warmer. Your, you know, your stuff down there is getting a little bit more sweaty. So before we get into things, support for Yanks Go Yard is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and it seems like it should be more. Uh, A lot of people are using the internet. They should have heard of this by now, and if they're not interested in shaving their balls, I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, And you're looking at all these new features they got. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand-new Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with everything you need to keep trimmed, cut-free, and smelling nice down there. Perhaps most importantly... Uh, they offer you ball deodorant and 
uh, anti-ball sh- uh, and, a, and a ball moisturizer. So if we're going to be putting deodorant on our pits, why are we not cleaning our balls? They smell bad. You're in Tampa. You know the Florida heat down there. You're pitching for the first time in months. You're running around. Please clean yourself up. But uh, more importantly here for all the listeners, get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code FANSIDED20 once again. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Wow, it's such a beautiful time of year. The sun is rising. Baseball is happening. Shots are going in arms. People are going to be vaccinated going to games. Nice smelling testicles, thanks to Manscaped. It's just, it really is incredible all up and down. Um, it's a surprise. You know, it's a, it was a surprise when we realized we were doing Manscaped ads. It's also a surprise to see <laughs> the people that the Yankees have added to their roster, uh, at least with minor league invites in, in the last couple of days. Um, we didn't anticipate it. Uh, a couple of people showed up that we, you know, had not game planned for. Uh, but then specifically on Wednesday morning, that the whole list of names dropped. Derek Dietrich is here. Derek Dietrich is like way better than the kind of person who arrives without an announcement. Uh, not only is he a versatile first base, second base, third base outfielder with exceptional power um, and relative on base skills. I mean, he hit 180 in 2019 and still OBP at around 330 a slugging second baseman who can easily upgrade that Jordy Mercer spot from last year. Um, a lot of people were ringing the bell for uh, Travis Shaw, maybe as a last second non-roster guy. Uh, Dietrich is pretty, you know, reminiscent of the Shaw mold. I love it. I wish I'd known about it before today. Um, what are you thought? Does he feel he feels more likely to make the roster than Jay Bruce to me, honestly? Yeah, he's much more versatile. Uh, he could play first, second, third, and uh, if you really need him to, uh, play some outfield. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 4, 2.18 a.m. I've been camping outside the Harrington house for four days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. Mr. Harrington says I don't need to do this, since Progressive protects 24-7 is a pretty easy concept to grasp, but I'm going to stay and prove my point. Besides, there's a big tree branch over the roof, and I think it's planning something. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Uh, left field and right field particularly. I don't think he's ever logged uh, any any uh, innings in center field. But uh, I, th- I, I like it. Uh, I'm very shocked that it just was it was announced in a tweet alongside, you know, 15 other guys who were coming to spring training. Um what this tells me is that Brian Cashman is fully preparing for the worst. If somebody gets injured in spring training, um, that's why Bruce is here. I think that's definitely why Dietrich is here because Tyler Wade at the end of the day plays astute defense. I know his bat isn't great, but I mean, I don't think you're going to convince anybody that Dietrich is an upgrade over Tyler Wade. Am I stupid for saying that? I'm not sure. But uh, Dietrich gives them the ability in case something happens or I guess in case Tyler Wade has an awful spring and they're like, you know what, we're kind of, you know, we're, we're done with this. But um, I think this is Cashman just preparing for injuries. I think Jay Bruce is of the similar vein there. Um, I have a theory and it kind of ties Brett Gardner into this. I think that they brought in Jay Bruce in the event there is an issue with Aaron Judge. Um, Clint Frazier, uh, John Carlos Stanton, 
Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, the issue been, boys, the boys yeah, always the issue. have issues. Yes, we were. We there is we're very much not out of the woods yet, and we're not going to be out of the woods until we're probably looking at August and everyone's feeling good and everyone's looking good. I know things can still happen from August to October, but the Yankees have been dealing with these issues at the onset. Literally once the offseason starts November, some someone undergoes surgery. Then you get to spring training and someone pulls a calf and it's actually not really a calf. Who knows what it is, but it's a two month injury and it's setting everything back and it's screwing over the Yankees. So I think that they brought in these guys because they're super low cost. And I think they're just going to wait it out with Brett Gardner as long as they possibly can. And if uh, one of these guys ends up half having to take a roster spot, um, Gardy could come back and then they'll have a better look at the financials for how much they can sign him for. And as I talked about on Monday, I, I think that they'll just do a one year deal with a, a team option for next year. And then the buyout will kind of, subsidize whatever his uh, bargain salary for 2021 is going to be. So I think this is, I think it's great. I love all of this. You got Nick Goody in here too. And, you know, we talked about Kyle Baraclaw and uh, Lucas Lucci's here. We forgot about him. That happened way earlier in the off season, uh, Adam Warren. So enough bullpen guys to supplement in the event, something happens, or if they don't trust the younger guys and then enough position players where if somebody has a soft tissue injury or someone's defense, isn't looking good or someone's bad is looking particularly bad. Uh, there will be options and there will be competition. So I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Unfortunately, my enemy Robinson Chirinos is also here. Uh, he was he was only the Astros catcher in any capacity for one season, uh, just 2019. I actually thought he was there in, in 2017, too, as a backup. I was wrong. Uh, Garrett Cole dominated when pitching to Chirinos, so you got to keep your eye out for that. But this guy's a bit of a hothead during the uh, ALCS game four at Yankee Stadium in 2019. Extremely depressing game. Uh, if you remember it, the Yankees, you know, had a had a chance to claw back uh, to even in that series with the Strohs. They did not. Masahiro Tanaka gave up a home run to George Springer. A couple more runs. Game was never really that close after they left some extremely good opportunities on the table in the early innings. A bad, bad, bad game. But it got worse when CeCe Zabathia came in and tried to clean up a mess. Shoulder popped out. End of his career. Extremely depressing. Um, that's the last game I attended at Yankee Stadium. I stayed to the last out, but I don't blame you if you left in the ninth inning. Quite frankly, it wasn't interesting. It was very upsetting and sad. Fought back a lot of feelings about a team that I really loved. Uh, going down 3-1, objectively a bad day. Chirinos, after that game, said, if I was a Yankees player, I'd kind of feel disappointed in the ninth inning when the stadium was kind of empty. That team won over 100 games. Just says a lot about the fans. No, it doesn't. First off, it says a lot about your team. You took our hearts away. Like, you, you owned us. You stomped on us. That's that's impressive that you depressed a fan base that won over 100 games. Doesn't say that much about the fan. Says more about you and your team, which was impressive. Then cut to the World Series in Houston. The Astros got bludgeoned in home games. They didn't win a single home game in that series that they lost in seven games. And in one of the early blowouts, the stadium was... At, at, it could not have been emptier by the end of that, that uh, blowout loss in the World Series. Uh, game two... 12-3 loss, much worse than anything the Yankees experienced and far emptier. Also, Robinson Torino's had no hits in that ALCS. 0 for 13 and 15 plate appearances. So uh, he's going to have to do a lot to win me over because I currently hate this man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you, I, I went to two of those ALCS games, which are the one where Cole 
it was Cole Severino. That was the one. The like 3 p.m. game that yeah. completely ruined yeah, the vibes went, of the entire series. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Just murdered everything. But yeah, I, what is what does Chirinos expect, dude? Like fans are going to leave games. Fans were upset. We won 100 games. It looked like that this was the year we could, you know, get revenge on the Astros and the Astros just stuck it to us again. Depressing stuff. Uh, you can't really blame people for walking out. Fans do it all the time. Yankee fans uh, pay a lot of money to go to playoff games. I don't know what the prices are in Houston, but I can tell you to get a shitty uh, standing room seat in Yankee Stadium and then to spend some money on concessions is a lot. Of, is a lot. So uh, if you're watching your team get destroyed in a playoff game where you paid a lot of money, uh, leaving in the seventh or eighth inning to uh, go punch a hole in your wall at home probably isn't the worst thing in the world. So uh, maybe Trinos will get some uh, some come up. It's from the fans if he manages to make the roster and strike out in a timely in an untimely spot. Yeah, the Scranton fans are really going to let him hear it because that's where <laughs> you're going to see Robinson Trinos. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, got, I mean, he's got to hit 340 in April for me to be like, eh, maybe we should give this guy, uh, maybe we should entertain this man as a shot. Um, Gary Sanchez is going to be the starting catcher in 2021. Yes. Not controversial. Um, his salary is the next to be moved if the Yankees need to make a big move. But guess what? If Gary Sanchez is good, they're not they're not shedding that salary. Um, which brings us to Brett Gardner, who uh, it's time to report to spring training. There's no more runway. There's nowhere leeway in the conversation. He either has to make a decision about how much money he's going to accept to play baseball in 2021. The Yankees would love to have him. They're not trying to distance themselves from Brett Gardner, but the two sides were not really communicating in recent weeks. The Yankees probably have between one and 2 million for him. If he'd like to have it, he also already received $2.5 million at the end of last season uh, in a buyout for the mutual option and whatnot. So he's made money. If he's still demanding between five and 7 million, I would like to see the uh, contract offer on the table from someone else that, you know, promises to pay him that money. The Mariners, Red Sox, Cardinals, show me, a five to $7 million offer. And then the Yankees will say goodbye. But at this point I have not seen it. I don't foresee it. And you know, does he want 1.5 million to come back and play for this team? What about two? Cause the Yankees can make that happen. That feels reasonable for both sides, especially with the money that's changing hands right now across major league baseball, but Brett Garner still not bending and spring training's happening. It's now the week in spring training when people come to Florida to go play baseball. So the, the time is running out and it feels like at this moment, he will not be a member of the 2021 Yankees. Yeah. And Ken Rosenthal said that he doesn't really envision it happening, which came after uh, they signed Justin Wilson. I believe it was uh, because yeah. now they're thinking that the Justin, the Justin Wilson details haven't come out yet. Right. They just think it might no. be three and a half, four million. I don't think we're going to get the Justin Wilson details until Severino can go on the 60 man IL. So quite mm -hmm. probably in the next 24 hours. Um, but people are saying multi-year deal and creative and all that yeah. stuff, which makes me think three million or less for this year, probably. Yeah. So uh, after that signing, Ken Rosenthal dropped that bomb. And that's when everyone was like, wow, this is getting real. And this is this is low key, like a pretty depressing thing. If it were to come to fruition, Gardner's been with the team since 08, uh, obviously drafted by the team back in 05 and uh, delivered a career year in 2019 was certainly valuable in 2020, despite his numbers kind of taking a dip. But again, whose numbers did not take a dip in the shortened season. Uh, he was also dealing with competition with Clint Frazier in the outfield, who was kind of having a bit of a renaissance. So, um, and you look at Gardner, like, I guess I look at it through the lens of like, how much more valuable is like Jock Peterson and Kyle Schwarber than Brett Gardner? 
because both of those guys can't play defense and Brett Gardner can play really good defense in multiple positions. And he also has like comparable on base and batting average numbers. And I guess his OPS is probably a little bit, uh, a little bit lagging behind there, but if he's look like he can, I'm not going to blame him for looking for like five to 7 million. I really can't because what a jock got seven and then Schwarber got 10 and a half. So I think five's fair for him and he's got every right to hold out as long as possible. But then the Yankees go out and add Bruce for seemingly an insurance option. Uh, and then you'll have the issue is if Bruce performs in spring training and you feel like 1.3 million or whatever is more worth it for him than bringing back Gardner, then we could be progressive presents today's to-do list for your cat. Take a nap. Meow till I get food, get food, walk away from food, move to couch, see human, give cold shoulder. Take a nap. Meow till I get your food, pet has a food. very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why progressive car insurance covers your pets for up to a thousand dollars. If they're ever in a car accident with you, move to couch, aggressively clean myself, take a nap. Meow till I get food, get coverage get for your pets with any auto policy from progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates coverage for cats and dogs included with a purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms looking at a true true sad scenario on our hands but um yeah it's tough all around yeah we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're we're not letting brett gardner go just yet stick around welcome back to the yanks go yard podcast so yeah i mean the the last stand sort of in the brett gardner conversation for months it didn't seem to make financial sense at the rate gardner was requesting uh it also didn't seem like the two sides had had any real substantive conversations. So I think a lot of Yankee fans were sort of like, why are we clamoring to have Brett Garner back? Is this really happening? Is this the team's intention? They keep just saying nice things about him, but where do the conversations stand? It was the national baseball writers who just kept saying, the Yankees are still favored for Brett Gardner. Don't worry. The Yankees and Brett Gardner are a natural fit. It's a conversation that will happen when it has to happen. And when it's done happening, Brett Gardner will be back on the New York Yankees. So to see Ken Rosenthal this week say, doesn't seem to make sense anymore. It doesn't see, I don't seem to see a place for him on the roster. That's when it turned for me. And I was kind of like, Oh, the national baseball writers who've been carrying water this entire time, just sort of blithely assuming a Brett Gardner reunion was going to happen. Have now come to the conclusion that Brett Gardner reunion doesn't make financial sense. Now we might be doomed. So it is now time to evaluate the Yankees without Brett Gardner. Um, because you know, the DJ chase, we were talking during the DJ LeMahieu conversations about how every writer in America just continued to say, I don't see him going anywhere other than the Yankees, but you got to admit the Dodgers are involved and so are the Mets and the Red Sox and Rays. And you never know, like they kept throwing out caveats at the end of the conversation to make you scared, but they would also say he will be home. So at the end of the day, it was like, who do I believe? Do I believe that the market is heating up or do I believe that DJ LeMahieu to the Yankees is a fait accompli and they'll figure out the price for months. It was the same thing with Gardner, but now the Yankees have gotten back to the luxury tax threshold. There's, there's like $6 million of wiggle room. Are they going to use $5 million of that on Brett Gardner? It is somewhat rational and reasonable to expect that amount of payment. I just don't see a world in which he gets it because he hasn't gotten it yet. Yeah, and you want to, I just I just crunched some numbers. Uh, oh, wow. We were talking. Yeah, number, number crunching crunch. big time. So it's not fair to, you know, compare Brett Gardner's career to Jock Peterson's or Kyle Schwarber's because Gardner has had double the time in the league than them. But if we look, Schwarber is the one that I'm going to use because he's making the most money. He's making $10.5 million on a one-year deal with the Nationals. He debuted back in 2015. Um, since 2015, Brett Gardner has an 18.5 war. What does Kyle Schwarber have? Any guesses? 
I I think it's so low. I think it's like 4.6. Very close. 3.5. His D war yeah. minus 3.6. His offensive war 7.1. And don't forget, guys, that is with uh, a career campaign, 38 homers and 92 RBIs. He also had another 30 homer season in 2017. Um, look, I know he missed 2016. Uh, due to that uh, knee injury, uh, he ended up coming back and helping them to the World Series. But even if uh, let's be generous and give him uh, two war for that season, that's still a five point five. So Gardner has him by 13 war. So if this is coming down to him saying, look, here are the comparable outfielders that have signed contracts. Um, I understand that I had a two point five million dollar buyout, but I'm at the very least worth, you know, uh, a bottom tier contract based on what these guys are earning. I know they're younger, but I have the experience. I play good defense. I could theoretically st- still steal bases if I wanted to, even though I don't. Um, and he provides good at bats. So he's always, he's always fighting in the counts. His OBPs are always significantly higher than his batting average, which is great to see. Um, but God, man, if he goes to like, if he goes to the Rays, like, uh, what do you do? What do you do with that? But I don't think he would do that. He can't do that, right? He, they, he doesn't. I have also that don't anymore. think the Rays would do that. But you never know because the Rays were going to sign Marcelo Zuna yeah. for like eighteen million a year. I don't know what the Rays are up to at this point. We made so many Rays jokes, and now suddenly they're like in the deep end of the pool with like slugging DHs. So who the hell knows? The thing with Gardner, I think the optics at the beginning of last season worked against him. He did spend like a month swinging through fastballs that he would usually have made contact with before ultimately figuring out. And then uh, I, I don't, a lot of Yankee fans have blocked out the ALDS because it ended painfully. He was starting playoff games. Yeah. He homered in the wild card round. Like you can't get rid of Brett Gardner. He's a cockroach. So like even if he signs, let's say he signs somewhere else and hits 170 in April, I wouldn't do the victory lap. If I were Yankee fans, he provides a lot more intrinsic value than you're giving him credit for. I think we just assumed he would be here forever. I think a lot of the conversations about when is Clint Frazier going to start? How are the Yankees going to fit all these people into the outfield? We're just because we assumed Brett Gardner was going to come out like gangbusters and hit 260 and OBP 370 and hit 15 homers again. It's because you can't you can't kick a productive player out of the lineup just because you want to. Clint Frazier is probably going to have a really good season starting this year. I think we all anticipate sort of him taking his breakout in, in the 2020 season of the next level. But Brett Gardner provides a lot of value. Like you said, he's one of the like highest war accruers of the last like four or five years. Um, and I don't know what his full season stats would have looked like last year, but I suspect they would have looked pretty good based on the way his September and October were. So we'll see. I, I don't think I'll reckon with him in a different uniform until it actually happens because I'd like him back, but the Yankees are not going to pass the tax threshold. They've said it a bajillion times. Once again, we don't need to belabor the point. Them pass it. Let's they have like what six million dollars of room left. Let's say they just give Rick Gardner his seven million. Let's say they also make a midseason trade acquisition and pull in four additional million dollars. They've now passed the tax by five million dollars. Okay, so they're paying ten million dollars. Oh, oh no. Oh, not oh, even. No, it would be an seven extra, and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. It's just, it's depressing to even think about having to pay slightly more million dollars uh, on top of an already large payroll. Um, so best of luck to Brett Gardner, but the clock is ticking and, and the tide is starting to turn against him in a strange way. And so we now have to be prepared for it. Speaking of Yankee outfielders, one last cautionary tale before we sign off the Jason Dominguez hype train has been another, at another level this offseason, And that's great. We're all excited about Jason Dominguez. He ranks as the number one Yankees prospect in most top 100 prospect lists. He's hanging out between the 30 and 50 range. That's fantastic. He's an 18-year-old kid, special baseball player, probably. 
Um, Jason Dominguez and I have taken the same number of at-bats in organized professional baseball games thus far. Not his fault. Would have played some organized baseball last summer, if not for something called the coronavirus, which affected 2020 uh, spectacularly. Pretty impactful virus, all things considered. But Jason Dominguez has not played an organized baseball game yet. He does not have an at-bat in organized Major League Baseball. The exit velocity in the highlight packages in the BP pe- in the BP sessions is spectacular. You love to see it. I enjoy it. He's 18. He looks like an adult man. It's amazing. Um, the exit velocity sometimes comes from swinging exceptionally hard at a baseball in a private cage session. You have to admit that. Sometimes it looks like he's spinning out of his shoes to register a crazy exit velo on the radar gun placed above his head. All of this is fine. Do whatever you want in warm-ups. He's, he's created a fantastic mixtape, and I'm excited to see what he does in regular season action. But the capper on the hype train came on Tuesday when the New York Post ran, out of context, uh, a column about how Jason Dominguez is more, more advanced than Mike Trout was at his age. Uh, this came from an offhanded quote by Kylie McDaniel and ESPN's conversation surrounding their top 100 prospects list. It's a nice thing to say, um, but it leaves out the proper context that Mike Trout, at the age of 18, was not that heralded a prospect. He was drafted in the mid-20s by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who found a developmental diamond in the rough. They knew they had something special in Mike Trout, but at 18, of course, he wasn't as developed as Jason Dominguez. He got drafted at the end of the first round. He got drafted behind Matt Hobgood of the Orioles who went sixth <laughs> overall, who was a high school prospect who, you know, in terms of evaluating 18 year olds, Matt Hobgood was also a more advanced 18 year old than Mike Trout, according to, you know, the, the developmental metrics that just is true. Um, what happens next with Jason Dominguez is more important than what has happened already. If he is going to be as good as Mike Trout, which is a lofty fucking goal, the best player in baseball history, he's going to need to do some serious development in between the ages of 18 and 21. Mike Trout advanced. Mike Trout rocketed forward. Jason Dominguez is at the starting line with no professional at-bats under his belt. So do I trust the Yankees talent developers to get him to a place where he is a major league regular, let alone a major league all-star? I guess I have high hopes for Dominguez, but prospects bust far more often than they boom. Mike Trout took an unreasonable path to greatness and a completely unexpected trajectory. Dominguez isn't even at step one yet. So we can be excited about his tools. We can be excited about the numbers we're seeing. Do not call this kid Mike Trout and definitely do not say he's more advanced than Mike Trout without further contextualizing it because a lot of people are going to read that and just go, we got the next Mike Trout in our hands when it is far more likely we have something else entirely. If he reaches the best version of himself, that's fantastic. I'll be extremely excited. You will hear no one speak louder than me about Jason Dominguez's incredible talent and what it means to hit that ceiling, but he's nowhere close for now. And let's reevaluate where he and Mike Trout are when they're both 20, because yeah. then we'll have two seasons of professional baseball under Dominguez's belt. And we'll know a lot more. I, this really set me off yesterday. Yeah. It's I'm more worried about people holding him to these expectations yes. and then the critics shitting on him when he doesn't reach it. Cause you look at Mike Trout, he got drafted uh, when he was 17. Um, he, I, he made his debut when he was 17, but he, he had only played in like 44 games that year when he was 18 back in 2010, 
across uh, low A and high A ball. He batted 341 with a 918 OPS and uh, stole 56 bags. So um, I understand the lofty predictions surrounding Dominguez, but like you said, uh, batting cage videos and just random clips of him in the middle of a field crushing a ball into a forest just aren't it's not fair to make that comparison. Uh, we need to see him in professional action. Hopefully we see him maybe in Hudson Valley this year, just demolishing some baseballs and uh, against professional play. And then we could start furthering this conversation about his potential to be one of the best baseball players in the sport. Not of all time. I still don't like talking about that. Um, and yeah, also, like you said, Mike Trout was never really hyped up to this extent. The Yankees gave Dominguez like a $5.5 million signing bonus. Um and Mike Trout was just drafted at the end of the first round. So uh, completely different. Just it's it's so different and it's annoying that we're even talking about this. And you can see in the rankings that Dominguez isn't getting the hype that all of this nonsense is kind of bringing to the forefront because these evaluators are like, yeah, we haven't seen him really play in a, an actual game yet. So, you know, we'll put him 40 on the top 100 or we'll put him 55 on the top 100 uh, based on whoever you're looking at, whether it's ESPN, whether it's baseball America, whether it's whatever um, the rankings are clear because if he was really held in that high regard, there's no reason for him to not be in the top 10 of baseball's top 100. But Hopefully we see him this year. Hopefully you can put this conversation to rest and uh, not really ever talk about Mike Trout and Jason Dominguez ever again. Yeah. You Unless know, who was the thing. most developed, the most developed high school player in the 2009 draft at that point, Donovan Tate, who went third overall to the Padres and then ended up as the university of Arizona quarterback. Like that's who people and evaluators thought in 2009 was a more advanced teenager than Mike Trout. Trout ended up uh, bucking expectations a little bit. And eventually I think Mike Trout, eventually history will view him as a more successful baseball player than Donovan Tate. But at 18, that was not the consensus opinion. So let's give Dominguez a chance to actually do his thing in live organized baseball. We will all have a more informed opinion of him, honestly, after the month of May than we do now. Yeah. But currently we have almost none of the tools and data we need to evaluate his potential for future success. And well, let's just see. Let's see what happens. Hudson Valley seems like a fine place to start a career. That's where I started my career. Very different careers, but, you know, it's it's a wonderful place to begin. So hopefully Jason gets that chance. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. The sun is in the sky. Everything is beautiful. We, we are just beginning the best part of the season. The regular season is just around the corner. It's scary, but it's happening, and it's real. The Yankees have pitching depth. They have young talent. They have an offense. They have everything you need. They have a bullpen now that goes at least five deep. Boom times for the New York Yankees, and uh, it's all just beginning. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer them, and I can guarantee those mailbag questions are about to get a lot more interesting because baseball is happening. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Happy first official day of spring training, everybody. Please head on over to yanksgoyard.com if you want to chat with us. We're on Twitter at yanksgoyardfs. We want the mailbags. We want the conversation. We want it all. So until then, we'll see you on Pizza Friday. See you on Pizza Friday. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. 
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.